it's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, January 18th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content. It is really curious about this forward situation for the Flyers. Yeah. There's a lot of adjustments to be made, plus the Flyers face the Stars, and we are going to talk about draft-eligible prospects Sasha Boisbert all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. You can find us over on YouTube. We're on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, the Flyers are facing the Dallas Stars tonight. We're going to get into that uh preview in just a minute, but uh, I think that there's really important conversation to continue from yesterday's show where we were talking about, you know, some of the tweaks that we would make just to take this team to the next level because it's a very good team right Mm -hmm. now, Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's always room for improvement. So uh, we were talking about that and we talked a little bit about the forward situation because on that road trip, they didn't bring anybody with them as an extra forward. And so they did 11-7. And then Noah Cates checked back in uh, with Sean Couturier injured. So um, it kind of worked out for that uh, last game. But now we're kind of, you know, between a rock and a hard place, especially if Sean Couturier wants to check back into the lineup. We're at the max roster size right now. Like, what's the situation here? Yeah, I mean, I saw a tweet from uh, Anthony DeMarco of the fourth period saying that their Flyers for a week have had internal discussions about maybe sending Brink down or maybe even Brink and Forrester. And I'm never against a guy playing in the AHL or going back if they need a reset. I haven't seen anything egregious enough that I would send these guys down. Now, if they're not producing offensively, that's fine. But there's a lot of Flyers veterans that aren't producing offensively either. And so my my feeling is just, why would you do that? Why, knowing that you are trying to rebuild in some way, shape, or form, why would you do that? Because if you do that, the first thing is, from the player's perspective, is they see it as a demotion. There's no other way around it. Maybe it'll be good for them in the future. Maybe it won't be. But the idea is, for the first couple of games, it's a demotion to them. And that's and, and I just don't see the sense in it. Things are going good with these guys in the lineup, regardless if they're scoring or not. And they, I think they're doing enough little things that you could say, leave them in there. That's how they're going to learn. But they're not going to learn if they don't get enough NHL time. It's just they have to get it. Yeah, it's interesting because with Tyson Forrester, I can't even count the number of times at this point where John Tortorella said, even when he doesn't get on the board, Forrester is playing every other aspect of the game great mm-hmm. and he loves what he sees from him so like to send him down based on everything that we know seems like out of character for Tortorella mm-hmm. I think 
um, just because he likes his play so much and feels like, you know, the scoring will come eventually. Now, with Bobby Brink, I can see why that discussion might take place uh, because I don't think his play away from the puck has been quite as good as Tyson Forster's. That's fair, but it's never going to be. Yeah, that's the thing. They're different players. Yeah, they're two totally different players. And I don't think it's been bad. I just don't no. think it's been to the level of Tyson Forster. There's right. there's a, a wide swath of quality in that gap, right? Yeah. And and so and I think Brink like works so hard. You can see it every single game, and he's aggressive on the four check. He digs into the corners. And for yeah. a guy his size to play that style at the NHL level, like literally what is going to the AHL going to help. Yeah, I, I just, you know, and, and, and he said maybe Lixell gets the call up. Okay, that's fine. But again, Lixell's not going to be put in a great situation either. He never has been. He never will be. Uh, or at least hasn't been yet. I'll say it like that. So, again, I just, I don't understand why you're even thinking about that. I think you just need to look at the fourth line and make a tough decision there. And if that means, hey, Nick Delorier, you know, you put him out there on the market or you send him down to the minors. If somebody claims him, great. If not, then that's that. I mean, he's he's coming to the end of his rope as far as what he is good on the ice, as what is useful on the ice. And I'm not saying Hathaway's great. He's only marginally ahead of him. But I'm just saying there's no reason to keep those two anymore. There just isn't. Right. And there's some redundancy there for sure. I think Hathaway serves the physicality, you know, quotient that the Flyers need on the forward side. If you need somebody to get into a fight at some point, you also have Nick Sealer in the wings, uh, ready and willing to do that. He can force him to fight. I mean, he can. Yeah. Yeah. And and that shouldn't be the priority, right? Like, so, so if you're looking at it, there's nothing that Nick Delorier does that nobody else does. Right. Right. And I think that's ultimately the conclusion that you have to come to at this point. If you put yourself in this situation where you have too many defensemen and you seem unwilling to, you know, cut the dead weight here or, you know, prioritize your blue line. Right. And do you want to carry eight defensemen? Well, you know, your forwards are going to suffer. And you're going to have to make another tough decision and it shouldn't come at one of those guys' expense, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so either. And um, I also think, you know, we've been having this conversation about centers on the team and and the center depth. Um, If you're going to make a call-up here, seems like you want somebody who can play center because you need more guys that can rotate there. I mean, if you call Blazinski up, you could push everybody else up then. Yep, and you can put everybody else on the wing where they belong. Yeah. Um, you can put Cates back on the wing, which is where you want him, right. in theory, based on past history. If you want to get scoring, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, you have cover if Sean Couturier is out for any stretch of time that's right. become significant. Um, now, I don't know what, you know, all of this means in terms of is Couturier still out or is he coming back in and that's why they're in this predicament. I'm, I'm guessing he's not playing against Dallas. But we haven't heard anything, so I don't know. Yeah, as of recording, at least we have not heard anything on that front. But yeah, I, I think that you know Lixell's great. I, you know, we've talked about Lixell till the cows come home in terms of what we think of his play, and and he's been doing great down in Lehigh Valley, and he deserves a call up. But in terms of what the Flyers need right now, 
if you're going to carry an extra forward, it's got to be somebody who can play center. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the center position is really um, something that they should lock down, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Well, you know, locked on, locked down, same thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah this it's just a, a real interesting conversation here because I just don't know, like, if they were going to get themselves into this predicament by trading for Drysdale, which I don't, you know, disagree with that move because, you know, they wow. said they wanted to, if they were going to trade Cutter Gautier, they were either going to aim for a top center or, you know, a top six center or a top defenseman, right? And so they got the best they could in one of those two positions, fine. But you're also going to have to be willing to deal with the consequences. Right, you that can't hold on that. to everybody. You can't. But if you're going to hold on to some people, I mean, wouldn't you want to hold on to Tyson Forster and Bobby Brink as opposed to Nick Delorier? I would think. Yeah, I think that's the the issue here. But uh, we'll see what the Flyers decide to do here. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how the lineup shakes out. Uh, meanwhile, the Flyers will be facing the Dallas Stars at home tonight at 7 p.m. You can catch all of that action on the Sirius XM uh, radio network for the hometown broadcast search for Flyers. And we will be talking about that game coming up next. On tomorrow's show, we will be recapping tonight's game against the Dallas Stars. Plus, we're going to preview the next game up against the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, we've been kind of going through the Central Division gauntlet over the past couple of weeks. And um, it is real tough uh, facing the Stars and the Avs in their in consecutive games uh, the Stars are 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. They're third in the Central behind the Winnipeg Jets, who the Flyers just uh, won against, but will be facing real soon again, and the Colorado Avalanche, uh, who are in second place in that division. Um, we talked about Dallas recently when we were previewing the Wild game because Dallas, like, thwacked the Wild in a home-and-home series. Then they lost to the Preds but one versus the Blackhawks and the Kings. And man, the Kings are a whole other story because they've, fal- yeah. Yeah, they've been faltering and, and yeah. the Stars beat the Kings five to one, which is not something I would have expected uh, earlier in the season. But the Kings are in a, a world of trouble right now, I think. Yeah, they are. With Dallas, I think the biggest story uh, recently is – Jake Ottinger returning to action. He was out for a little over a month. Uh, he came back in last Friday. Um, and so far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had a freaky kind of injury, so it's good to see him back. May not be good for the Flyers, but uh, you never want anybody to be out that long. Uh, the interesting thing is what happens with Miro Haskinen, because whether he plays or not, that matters a lot in the uh, yeah. in the lineup. because. If he's in there, that defense just got a lot harder to face. So that's something where you're going to have to worry about. I think the second line of Wyatt Johnson, Johnston, Hintz, and and uh, Jason Robertson is one that is very hard to handle. Like the Marchment, Duchesne, Sagan is a nice skill line that has some speed, but the other one is big and skilled and fast. 
And and I think that's the one that the Flyers are going to have more trouble with. So, you know, that's we'll we'll see how that sort of shakes out. Now they're at home, so you know they can control it a little bit. The Flyers with the last you know change, but um, yeah, that second line is the one that I really would watch out for. And it's not like and Pavelski, I kind of remember him doing well against the Flyers too. So that's another guy. He does. Yeah, that second line, um, Jason Robertson and Rupe Hintz are the Stars' top two point getters at the moment with Robertson uh, just above the point per game mark. And, you know, obviously we know he had a tremendous season last year um, and, you know, hasn't reached quite those levels this year. But honestly, like repeating that kind of productivity, I don't know that anybody, it may be other than Connor McDavid, would you expect to to be able to do that? But yeah, uh, yeah, that line is something to be reckoned with. Ruby Hans also plays really well oh, yeah. against the Flyers. Um, he always seems to to score here with Miro Heiskanen. Uh, you mentioned uh, he has been injured, but he's on the road trip uh, with the team with the expectation that you know he could slate back in very soon. Wouldn't surprise me if it flyers were the ones that were had to deal with the consequences yeah. of that. And uh, so I, I think that that is going to be a huge difference to your point on the blue line side of things, because their blue line is is very good. I wouldn't say it's like the greatest, but it's very, very good. And that just makes it elite level. Right. Right. It's. Yeah, if Haskinen's in there, it's elite level defense and goaltending. And so those are the yeah. parts they're you know, the Flyers are gonna have to um they they they're gonna have to have speed in this lineup. Like this is not the lineup to go eleven seven, and this isn't the lineup to, you know, make sure you've got the ultimate fourth line either. Um but again, most likely one of those two things is gonna happen. Uh, unless Sean Couture comes back, then that changes things a little bit, perhaps. Right. And, you know, you talk about the speed. Well, I think you know, this year, as we've talked about uh, a bunch recently, the Flyers are actually a much faster team they are. than they have been in the past. And, and you know, when I've looked at the edge, you know, team comparison stats, like usually the other team is better in things like goals and shooting percentage, but the Flyers are much better in speed. With Dallas, they're much, much closer than um, most of the other teams, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of, you know, the skating speed. Um, yeah. Flyer shooting is much harder than Dallas is overall. They have, like, harder and faster shots. And, of course, the Flyers have more shots on goal than anybody because right. they take a million shots. Yeah. But, you know, you look at the other stats and the Dallas Stars, I believe, have the like second or third highest shooting percentage in the NHL, something like that, where um, the, you know, the Flyers, as we've talked about, are around 8.5% and the Dallas Stars are at 12.2%. A big difference. It's, That's pretty good. Yeah, it's a big difference. And so this is one where um, tactically, you really have to play the matchups here. You can't just go with what's been working because this is a different team. Yeah. So not only do you have to match that speed, you have to deal with shot prevention right. and you have to deal with high danger shot prevention, right. um, which but is going to be not a Mark Stahl game either. It's not. No, because he cannot skate back there. He's not going to get back quick enough 
to, no. to be able to help enough. We've seen that been prob it's been problematic in some games. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think, you know, we we also have talked uh, this season about the balance between the aggressive four check version of the Flyers and the stay at home D version of the Flyers. I think they are going to have to lean a little uh, more heavily toward that stay at home D right. that they can do. And there's going to be a lot of block shots in this. Game. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that's, there's mark no my words. They're going to be black and blue, uh, especially if they're going to win this. Uh, you almost can guarantee it. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a premier goalie matchup. You probably have Hart against Ottinger. And then mm -hmm. Dallas needs the points, too. So it'll be a tough one. Like, this will this will be a really good game. Like, uh, the coaching will matter in this one. The power play will matter in this one. Yep. I don't know what Dallas' yep. power play is at. I don't know if you have that, but I imagine it's pretty good. Um, It's like 10th yeah, in the that's NHL. Good. That's so at 23... Yeah, so you so don't you don't want to put them on the power play either, really. No, no, you do not. And you say you don't want to be on the PK here, or like the Flyers' power play isn't going to be useful here. But uh, I don't, the Dallas Stars' PK is also very, very good. So it's like right under the Flyers. Yeah, so they have a lot of the same attributes. So yeah, yeah this is one where. You got to really be up for the task. Like, you can't have that sleepy kind of first period. I, I think that could cost them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you look at where Dallas scores their goals from, um, they are net front. Yeah. Like, they are heavy into net front and heavy from, you know, just to the side of the slot um, between kind of the dot and that net front area. They score a lot of goals there, which makes sense because if they're a speedy team, they're going to score on the rush a lot, and that's where guys take their shots from. Yeah, plus Johnston can get in the crease, and so can Radic Faxa. He's a big guy too. So, you know, they have a few guys that will play in that, in that area too. So, you know, I think that this is going to be a real, like, tough game for the Flyers. It's going to be physical. You know, we talked about they're going to have to block a lot of shots and this is a game that can wear the flyers down. And I think this is where they're going to have to figure out a way, like if they're ahead to close it out right. in that third period and just hunker down, but not turtle, right. um, which they, they've generally done a good job this year of not turtling. I think yeah, that's I, I don't think they've lost too many leads because they've taken their foot off the gas. So I give them credit for that. Yeah. So I think that could come into to play for this one. But uh, very much looking forward to tonight's game. And, of course, we're going to recap it on tomorrow's show. In the meantime, as promised earlier this week, we're going to start getting heavy into NHL draft coverage and, and uh, kind of weekly look at some draft-eligible prospects as we approach the 2024 NHL draft. And we are going to talk about Sasha Boisvert coming up next we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of the employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to the other job sites leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Listeners of Locked On Flyers will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Locked On. So go to Indeed.com slash Locked On right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Locked On. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube to subscribe. Russ, uh, Sasha Boisvert is a center who shoots left. Um, He's from Quebec and Mm -hmm. turns 18 in March. He's 6'2", about 180, and uh, is currently, you know, generally ranked in the 20 to 23 range in uh, the early rankings for the first round of this upcoming draft. Uh, why did you want to talk about him specifically? Well, I'll tell you, he's proudly 180 because I think he's put on 15 pounds of muscle um, in the year. So that's something where um, he's feeling really good about himself. I wanted to talk about him because he's been really on a good scoring clip in the uh, USHL, and he's not getting a lot of press just yet. And I feel like he's a guy that could move up in the draft a little bit. So. He's a center. He's 6'2". Uh, he's really good on faceoffs. He's not quite where he could be yet because I think when he goes up against some of the stronger guys, they can beat him with strength. But he's got really good hands, and he's and he's fast on the faceoff. So that's something where I feel like that can improve. Um, you know, watching him in the All-American Prospects game, he was on the fourth line, right? So he was a little limited that way, but he did get some scoring chances. And when there's some room out there, he does know how to play make, but he also knows how to find that room for himself and get scoring chances. So he is kind of like one of those. He really is one of those centers that can play make or score. And we're seeing more of those guys. And it seems like teams, because it's getting you know harder to score uh, in the NHL at times, even though scoring is up, you know, in key points, it seems like teams are still struggling to score. You know, you are looking for guys that can kind of do both. So that's that's a big help, too. He, um, I'll tell you, he's got perfect English. The fact that he's from Trois-Rivières and has perfect English is an amazing thing because I don't think I would have perfect French if I was his age. His age has only been here, you know, a few years. So um, he's really assimilated well. He's going to go to North Dakota. That means he'll learn how to play away from the puck really well. So whoever drafts him, knowing that the guy's going to North Dakota, that's a big plus. Like. That is your development program right there. It's really interesting. We have talked uh, a little bit in the last year or so about how the Q uh, is not as good a developmental league as it used to be. And there's a lot of goals, but having those top skills translate to the NHL game is, is not as strong as it used to be. And so for a guy from Quebec to jump to the USHL for development and then the American university system and playing college hockey, I think says a lot about what his goals are, right? Because if he actually wants to develop his game and make a, a go of it, like I think he's following the right path. Yeah, and it's a path that used to be kind of rare, but now it's a path that's, I think, taking place a little more often. And and it's and it's interesting because again, I th- I feel like 
I don't know what his goal number was right now. I think he's in the 20s on the USHL. Maybe he's got like 15, 20, something like that. And I feel like if he was in the queue, he'd probably be one of those guys that, you know, ends up with like 35, 38 goals, you know. But in the USHL, it's tougher because defense is harder. It's more physical. And so I think this is better for him long term because you don't, you know, just piling up points is not always the name of the game. And again, we're hearing more that, you know, that play away from the puck that comes up every day I talk scouting with anybody. So the fact that, you know, he will definitely get better at it uh, over time is a big deal. That's the other thing. We also have to take into account um, a lot of teams now when they're matching up players are also matching up where they're going to school. So, like, if a team wants to, you know, draft a kid, sometimes they'll ask them, are you really committed to them or are you thinking about, you know, would you go somewhere else? You know, would you go to Canadian Junior? Would you go? Because a lot of times some teams like are like, well, we don't love that team for you. Here's what we envision for you. If you went there, would you be open to that? Uh, and that's where we see some guys who will change their commitment. Yeah, he's got 19 goals right now, which is good. It's really, really good. Yep. If you could score 30 in the USHL, you're really doing something. So, you know, it's possible he might be able to. But that, but that's the big thing as far as development is where, where's the next step that you're going? Because, you know, again, you're not getting to the NHL for three to five years. And that's where teams really have to pay attention to who the coaches and who the programs are where these kids are going because some of them are just very successful and North Dakota is very successful. Yeah, it is. And, you know, he has those 19 goals in 32 games. He's got a total of 33 points. So the fact that he's, you know, as a center is scoring at a good clip, but also has the assists, you know, showing playmaking. I think that's important as well to note. It is important. Like he's a guy, you know, he could score on the rush. Um, he's got a tricky sort of wrist shot where he changes up uh, and shortens his 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 shot a little bit, like shortens the stick, and I think it gets there quicker as a result. I didn't get a chance to talk to him about that, but it's interesting. Um, this year, you know, he's forty eight percent in the league on faceoffs. That's good. That'll get better, and he'll lay in you know an occasional hit. And he's got some size, and he's got you know a little bit more room to put on a little bit more weight. So. You know, this is a guy I think that's going to be pretty sought after. And as you know, the Flyers could use a center. So depending on where they're picking, uh, he could be a guy that they get interested in very quickly. Right. And I saw some highlights of his and he can score highlight real goals. But I think I think that um, he's really uh, learned to balance his game out a little bit more and that he can't be a one trick pony. So he's really developing those other skills and he'll be able to do that really well at North Dakota. Yeah. And he's working on all those things. Like he understands it. He gets it. Whoever's been advising him is doing the right thing because they understand that. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be like a superstar in the NHL, but to get to the NHL, you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z and he's working on it. So the speed's there, the hockey sense is there. He's got the height. He's got a frame that, you know, he can get a little stronger. Like this is a guy you just got to give him the time to develop. But there's some, there's a lot of talent here. Yeah, I think uh, he should be a really interesting option for the Flyers, especially where they might end up with uh, one or the other of their first round picks uh, that they have. If and- they end up at like twenty and twenty five, um, you know, you're probably looking at a center or a defenseman for that first pick. So he's probably a guy that 
is in that list if he isn't taken already. Right. Right. Well, we'll see if he moves up or down in the rankings uh, as we get closer to the draft. Um, he's going to be the first name on the spreadsheet that I start. So uh, hopefully by next week, uh, we'll have that up for you. And I'll pull some of the profiles from previous episodes we did uh, in the fall as well. But yay, draft season. We love it. Um, that'll do it for today's show. Of course, like I said, we'll be back tomorrow to recap tonight's game against the stars. We'll talk about the apps. And as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions for us, uh, you can send them in via Twitter at locked on flyers. You can email us at locked on flyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at our Miriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.